I keep saying it, but sports are back. We're here. Meaningful baseball games. Big injuries in the NFL. Ripple effects. Coaching controversies. I love how the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and I know he's coach of the Leafs, still resonates so deeply here. Felt like people got excited when they saw that story. People in Toronto were like, aha, <laughs> more evidence for why we were right. Anyway, I'm going to get into that later in the show today. I also got a bunch of messages yesterday about the weather network because the app was down. And I realized that, yeah, we're all Jobos. We're all just Joe living off of the app, trying our best to basically just get more and more integrated with our phones. But I got so many people that message me like, yeah, I got screwed over by the weather network too. It's like, yeah, I mean, we could have just gone outside and looked. Poked the head out the window. I didn't have any faith today. I didn't have any faith in it. I realized because one, it was, it was so cold this morning that I looked at the weather network and I went, first of all, you were down yesterday. You were unreliable. And now I'm supposed to trust that it's freezing cold out there. So I actually (laughs) went outside first. I went outside. I stood in it for a few seconds. I basked in a t-shirt. I was like a farmer. Like, what's a, you know, wetting the finger, holding it up in the air. Test the wind. Yeah, smelling the air. Hmm, smells like it's going to be a cold front today. I I was like that. It was good. It was very good. What wasn't good, Toronto Blue Jays. Is this updated? Yep, it's updated from the games last night. So I had it wrong yesterday in the tweet that you gave me? No. It, it was right, but the, these are now the new playoff standings because Seattle's now moved ahead of them with their game last night. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's the same winning percentage. Yes, sir. 17 and 27. God, I forgot that Seattle would have jumped up yesterday. So yeah. Jays are on the outside looking in. Yeah, they're number seven right now. Cool stuff. Jays are 17. You want to know why they're on the outside looking in? They're 17 and 27 versus the AL playoff teams. So... We keep looking at this record and going, how are they so? They're minus 56. Minus 56 in run differential against American League playoff teams. And last night, same thing. Rangers struggling. Everyone talking about how the Rangers are terrible, how their bullpen is something that's extremely vulnerable right now. This team is just not performing very well. Corey Seager's in a bit of a hole right now. This Rangers offense is heating up all of a sudden against the Blue Jays mostly, but yeah, in the series ahead of time. So yeah, good for the Jays. They're, they have they've pretty much proven they're better than the Kansas City Royals, the Oakland Athletics, and the Colorado Rockies. That we know for sure. They are better than those teams. They are better than the worst, the dregs of Major League Baseball. But let me say this again. Toronto Blue Jays, when they've had to face the real teams, the real teams that they were supposed to measure themselves against this season, 17 and 27 against the teams that are currently sitting in the American League playoffs with a run differential of minus 56. That ain't it. That ain't it. And I still think that they're going to find a way to get into the playoffs. Part of that is because I'm just, you know, a Blue Jays fan and I'm hoping that this thing's going to happen. And I'm just optimistic about, or, or like you feel like you're the main character, I should rather say. That you're just, things are going to break your way. Things are going to get in. And part of me is also, I don't know, I I think I've said this before, but part of me keeps looking at this Jays team and saying this regular season has been so disappointing and so underwhelming and so much bitching and so much anger 
from the fan base, from the, the hardcore fans, when in reality they have been around it all year long, that it just almost feels like sports destiny to have the team limp into the playoffs and then win a couple of rounds and everyone go, I actually was always a Dalton Varshow guy. I never gave up hope even though he's OPSing like 570 at home. I've, I remained faithful. I always knew you'd have the guys going, I, man, you always knew if they had this kind of pitching that they'd be around in October, that they'd still be around in October. So I'm hoping that we have those reverse takes. Obviously, I'm still hoping it. Even as much as I, I think it feels the same way as a lot of you do, that it's a bit of a hate watch with this group. Like, it's a bit of a hate watch. You're watching them. You're kind of hoping they win. But then the second things start to go bad, you go, yeah, screw these dudes. I knew they were bad. <laughs> but that, but this is it. This has been the season. It's a team that was supposed to be a contender. It was a team that was supposed to be one of the best in the American League. And so everybody that keeps pointing to you and saying, well, what about the record? And what about the bullpen? And what about the pitching staff? And actually, Vladdy's numbers when people are on base are not so bad. And, well, here's another piece that actually indicates that the Blue Jays, are, it's like, here, here's the stats. They're 17 and 27 against other playoff teams in their league. And they've lost to those teams this year by a total of 56 runs. I don't need any other stats. I don't need to take the samples from uh, against the bad teams. I don't want to hear about how you actually measure a good team is how they take care of business against the bad teams. That, that's not applicable here. That's just not it anymore. Every single time, or I shouldn't use absolutes, but for the most part, what we've seen of the Jays, when they play the good teams, they're not able to live up to the expectation. They're not able to take care of the moment, and they don't handle it. It's exactly what just happened with the Baltimore series. They had their opportunities. Really, the only team that I think they have the tiebreaker with is Houston now, because now that's out the door with Texas. So it's just the window got smaller against Texas where you don't have the tiebreaker. You don't have the tiebreaker against Seattle. Obviously, in your division, you've been pounded by the Baltimore Orioles. And as Joe pointed out yesterday, <laughs> that minus 56 run differential, that also comes with a bit of an asterisk, which is the Blue Jays beat Tampa Bay 20 to 1 in a baseball game this year. 20 to 1. <laughs> so that minus 56 that's sitting there is actually kind of a flattering portrayal of how the Jays have done against the American League playoff teams. Austin's giving me the shush side. I don't know what that is. I'm doing a radio show. Oh, to them. <laughs> I was like, he's doing, Austin just threw me off so much. Just did the silence sign. I went, this is not, that's, that's, I can't do that, bro. Is Ben Nicholson Smith there? No, he's not there yet. All right. We're getting Ben Nicholson Smith in a second here. I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. Because he's always a guy that's had like a really solid pulse of this team throughout the season. He's the guy that really has gone in depth with Manoa. And yeah, just there, there are some things with this baseball team that are in the now and then in the big picture in the future. And, and they all just kind of feel like they're starting to connect with one another. Anyway, the other thing that people keep bringing up is, yeah, you know what? I mentioned those, that record against the American League playoff teams. It's also hard watching. Bobachet came off the injury. I don't know, supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's fully healthy or maybe you don't, you say that this guy's maybe battling a little bit, but for him and Vladdy to be 0-16 so far in the series is pretty heartbreaking stuff. And it, it feels gratuitous at this point, the conversations around Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but they're just so justified. It's, it's truly painful 
watching this guy play at home. Uh, the road stats have been better, a little bit better, but like I'm going again tonight. And I, I've say, I say this over and over and over again. I go to a lot of baseball games. I go to a lot of Jays games. I've spent a lot of money at the Rogers Center this year, and I have yet to see a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run. I've seen a David Schneider home run. Haven't seen Vladdy. Be nice to see him put one in the seats just one of these times. Anyways, Ben Nicholson-Smith, host of At The Letters, Sportsnet Baseball Analyst. What's up, brother? JD, how's it going? It's good to be uh, talking some baseball with you. Yeah, it's just not going great. <laughs> it's not, I, like, I like the baseball team. You know, I like baseball. I was really hoping that I would go to a playoff game this year, but I started the show with this, is that, yeah, they're now 17-27 against American League playoff teams with a run differential of minus 56, and that includes a 20-1 Jays victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, yeah, how much stock do you just put into what your record is against the good teams and what your run differential is in good teams? Um, that's an interesting question. I think for me, I would say you're always going to do better against bad teams. That's true of Atlanta and the Dodgers sure. and the Astros. You're always going to beat up on the bad teams more. So that's okay. Um, you'd want to have a good record against the good teams. I think the great teams are good against good teams. I, I don't, I'm just not under the impression that the 2023 20, Toronto Blue Jays are a great team. Now they could still win playoff series. They could still make the playoffs, but mm. They're definitely a flawed team. So, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not surprised that they have, you know, that a lot of their losses have come against those good teams. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think it's pretty indicative of who they are. Just like, yeah, they can beat up on the bad groups. They got really good pitching. And so in these low scoring games against kind of inept offenses, they can hang around. And then they face these good teams that can actually drive in runs. And then the Blue Jays can't hang with them. Like that just seems to kind of be the formula to me. Well, and at a certain point, like home runs are really, this is so obvious, yeah. right? Like here I am saying home runs are a really important. No, but it's not but obvious like, to this fan base because 2015, <laughs> we got home runs are bad takes from multiple prominent people in the media. So oh, I, I, rally killers was a real thing in this city. Oh man. Yeah. No, home runs are awesome. Like we like home runs. Home runs are great. Um, Always a pro home run. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah hit when I'm on. You can look back so. and say that you were on the right side of history of home runs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I, nice. I, yeah. With a lot of confidence. Yeah. I wasn't anti home run. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no, they're, you need them. They're, they're the best way to score and they're the best way to close a gap quickly. And also like, it's really interesting too. When you look at the playoffs, this is where like the narrative can start to get out of control is, mm -hmm. you know, not that, not that the blue Jays have had a deep playoff run, unfortunately in the last, um, six, seven years. But as you get deeper into playoffs, sometimes what happens is you'll have people say like, Oh, there's not enough small ball. And in, if you look at the numbers, um, as I'm sure, you know, JD, um, it's actually the home run that does really, really well in October because mm -hmm. it's so hard to string together three or four singles. And it's so hard to put together a hit and run when there is nasty stuff from Spencer Strider um, falling off the table every every few pitches. So, yeah, you need home runs. Um, that's a real question for this team still. It has been all year. Um, and because, and yeah, you can't complain about the pitching for this team. The pitching has, no. been, has been elite. No, the pitching has been phenomenal. Um, outside of, it's kind of funny though, because even with the pitching, it's disappointing because 
we have the Manoa situation, right? And and I'll get to that a little bit later. But as good as they have been as a group, as as solid as they have been as a five, if you would have said, hey, which of the Blue Jays pitchers do you need to be the very best from now and from a future standpoint, everyone would have probably universally agreed that that's Alec Manoa. And so, yeah, it's great that you said Kikuchi had to bounce back. It's great financially that Barrios became better, even though I still don't trust Barrios in big games. I just, I don't, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's not going to be a thing that ever connects with me. I just... I, my gut says just a little bit of the choker gene and, or the, when things go wrong, things go really wrong gene, but either way, just, yeah, I, I hate that that's kind of hanging over what has been a brilliant season from this pitching staff. Um, just a, a quick one, kind of a side tangent on this before we dive into some of the other stuff though, is do you think that they, the, the blue Jays will actually look at the home ballpark dimensions, like the ways that they adjusted this, this, the, this park, this season, the fences, this season, and reevaluate it because this was supposed to be tailor-made for the team. Like the biggest one to me is, uh, Ennis tweeted this yesterday, but like Varsho's home OPS is 538. His road OPS is 755. And everything we learned about the dimensions were, Hey, it's about this power alley for left-handed hitters. And that's why they're getting way more left-handed is that it's just going to be brilliant for these guys. There's going to be a good ballpark for Vladimir Guerrero jr. There's going to be more home runs here. Like, the Jays haven't been hitting home runs and they haven't been hitting home runs at home. And it's not going to be an issue come playoff time because now it feels more than likely they're never going to see the Rogers Center when it's meaningful baseball. But have you heard anything in your circles about, hey, you know what? We we actually feel like some of this might be to play and this is at least going to be a conversation during the offseason after already what is a super expensive renovation. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting and it's hard to know how much of this is, okay, this offense is sort of underwhelming. How much of this is the park is suppressing it. It'll it'll take more than one year to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would expect the Jays, you know, in all of their public comments about this um, and behind the scenes as well, any sort of comment is, you know, we want to see how this plays over the course of multiple seasons. So mm-hmm. I would think they'll take a look at it at the end of this year, but I, I don't know that you get much conclusive info. By the way, I do want to just say quickly that I think it's probably a little piece of it, but I think mostly it's that these guys have kind of been anti-clutch this year. And when they've been at home and there's been big spots and it's been in front of the crowds, like I think that all these things are connected. The the runners in scoring position, the lack of success at home. And yeah, I do look at a, gar, a guy like Varsho who had a ton of pressure coming into the season, being the, the, the front of a trade, a big trade, having to start where he did in the lineup and then just having just such a tough, 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 tough year that, yeah, some of these things are connected. It's not all of it. I'm usually a believer in that. It's usually pieces of everything, and then you take all those pieces, connect them all together, and that's how you end up getting the result. But, yeah, I am curious as to just, you know, if they what they would kind of look at this. You're right. I, I guess this isn't a big enough sample, but what they would look at and say, hey, this is actually enough where we see something a little wrong with the dimensions of these fences and we want to change something so that there's more home runs like you know they're good for winning they're also good for a home ballpark experience where you're at the game and you're having some beers and you're having fun and you're in the seats and there have been way too many games and i know joe was at the the game the first one against texas i'm very curious to see how it feels tonight when i go to the series but it just the atmosphere has been described as apathetic at times and a home run ball will quickly change that. That will get people on their feet. That gets the building loud. That gets someone going, hey, I'm going to go up for a beer. This is a longer inning rather than just a quick one, two, three. So anyway, um, so this is the positive uh, piece of this. Kevin Biggio has a, actually, it's probably higher than 810 because he had the hits last night. So he had 810 going in the last night, OPS since the All-Star break. 
I mentioned this last week to Ennis, how I just, I like the way he looks at third base. He seems to look kind of better there than he did at second. You're definitely not moving off of David Schneider right now, who hit another home run. I don't know. Maybe it's not sustainable. Maybe eventually David Schneider comes out of there, but everything he's done has been brilliant so far. You kind of have a bit of a log jam in left field because you want to play Varsho and you want to find another spot for Whit Merrifield when he's healthy, although I don't know exactly how healthy he is. How do you take Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and put him DHing every day off of first? What what happens when Chapman returns to Biggio in your estimation? Yeah, Kevin's been really good. Right. And, you know, we've we've looked at the splits for the last like since the All Star break. He's among the uh, OP or on base percentage leaders in the American League. That's great. Since May first, he's been you know OPS close to 800. And then if you even like just look at the season as a whole, his full season, no caveats at all. Mm-hmm. He has an OPS plus of 100, meaning he's been a league average hitter. That's mm-hmm. not something to take for granted when you also throw in the fact that he is, generally speaking, a very adept base runner. He is versatile enough to play multiple positions. This is kind of what you want from Kevin Bishio, right? He's not necessarily your number two hitter, but he's a respectable offensive player who can do some things well, give you versatility, and not make mistakes out there. And, like, that's a really good bench player. So when Matt Chapman comes back to answer your question, I think Chapman plays, you know, he might need the occasional rest day, in which case Biggio can play there. But with Belt on the injured list, there are DH at-bats. You mm-hmm. can put Biggio at first to give Vladdy a day off his feet. You can put him in really anywhere. So I think Biggio will still play and should still play against a lot of the right-handed pitching. Obviously, you're not going to go out of your way to start him against lefties, but against a lot of the right-handed pitching out there, your best lineup includes Kevin Biggio. Yeah, I just... I wonder if you're at all a believer in the whole, hey, if, you, if you're having success doing something, kind of leave it. I remember talking about this with Randall Grichuk, where he didn't really like moving around. And he just wanted, the guy just wanted to play center field. That, that was it. He liked playing center field. He felt comfortable with the one position. And with Biggio and even some of these other Blue Jays, I, and I feel like this has kind of been a Shapiro act and special, is that they've brought in these dudes who are supposed to be, hey, I can play multiple positions. But in reality, it's not good at any of those positions. Like, they've always been sort of chasing that Ben Zobris type. And with Cavan, my only feeling when I'm watching him is, dude, you're, you're good at third base. You're making plays at third base. Like, another one last night, another beautiful defensive play for him where he makes the diving stab and he gets it across and the broadcast is talking about his arm strength. And in a sport where I feel as though confidence is so important, and we're even talking about the runners in scoring position and the home, the home road splits as a potentially confidence having something to do with it. If, yeah, there is any added piece of this saying, yeah, it sucks moving this guy off of this spot. It sucks trying to find other places because even with Brandon Belt out, again, it just it doesn't feel like there's an overly comfortable lineup that makes sense when he's not at third base right now. You just gave me flashbacks to Jan Hervis, Solarte, and Brandon Drury. Right. Um, so thanks for that. Yeah, thanks you're welcome. But, um, and then how Drury yeah, got good I as think, soon as he um, left. <laughs> it was like, nice. <laughs> he just immediately started yeah. to rake. People were like, have you seen Brandon Drury's numbers? I was like, I don't want to see them. I don't ever want to see them. I was a yeah. nightmare watching him live, and now I have to look at a box score where he hit another two home runs. Funny, we never had that conversation about Jan Hervis Solarte. He just no. uh, just disappeared. No. But um, anyways, yeah, with um, with Biggio, yeah, he's he's been really good. And I, I see what you mean about, you know, hey, some players like to slot in in one spot. And mm. I think ideally everyone would. But I also think Kevin Biggio has, throughout his major league career, understood his role. And he's understood that 
you know, he's not necessarily going to be given uh, 500 plate appearances at one position on a silver platter, and he's going to have to move around to different spots. Mm -hmm. That's why he learned the outfield. That's why he learned third base. And you're right. Like, it, it really is actually paying off right now. And he's the difference is, or one of the differences is, He's a little younger than some of those, um, some of the super utility guys, like the ones that you might get in free agency. Mm -hmm. And so at 28, he still has some pretty good athleticism over there to make some nice plays. What what I find actually really interesting in all of this, like the whole, how do you make the puzzle pieces fit, is that when when I'm looking at guys that should come out of the lineup, one is Varsho, just because, yeah, Varsho against lefties, there's, there's no point. And Varsho, it's almost a conversation where it's like Varsho at home. You're taking out the either prize trade acquisition that you had this year, who, yeah, does a lot of good things defensively, blah, blah, blah. We have to always say that where it's like every time he makes a catch, everyone needs to freak out about it and be like, that's what he does. He's a defensive guy. Don't remember that he was starting the year hitting in the four hole. He's a defensive ace. He's so incredible in the field. That's his value. Fine. But he's either one who should come out. But the thing is, is like, I guess the reason that I'm bringing this up is you're right. Clearly, BGO is going to move around. Obviously, they should have some kind of mix of what type of player should be in and out of the lineup, depending on the game. But it's just Chapman has been one of the worst players in all of baseball since the first month of the season. Like, at what point is this a meritocracy, especially considering that this is a guy who is, what, 99.5% not going to be on your baseball team next year? Like, if he comes back and he's struggling, he's playing the way that he was before he hit the IL, do you think that John Schneider is going to have, I don't know, the ability to tell this guy, you're, you're sitting and you're actually going to end up kind of in a more platoon function at some point? Man, I mean, I don't know if we're there. That's what I, I mean, though. But, there. dude, he's been yeah. horrific. Like, look at the numbers. Okay. Right, right. Now, okay, so I think in fairness to Matt Chapman, and I think, uh, you know, this this also connects to Vlad Jr. Because, you know, Vlad Jr., and this is more of an aside, yeah, but know, like with Vlad, he, he's, he's been grinding, right? Like John Schneider said on the weekend, he was physically ill. Um, you know, this is a guy who's really grinding. So I'd be saying that about Vladdy too, by the way, if I was watching him play that way and I had some kind of, I had to protect him. I'd be like, <laughs> you guys, you should look at all the things that he has. He's got like the Mr. Burns amount of diseases right now where they're all just stuck at the door at the very, <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, go on. So, so Vladdy, he legitimately is grinding and he posts and right. with Chapman, like to, to his credit, he you know, for the, or credit or blame, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But after he got injured, after he dropped the weight on his hand in that Cubs series, August 10th or 11th, he tr tried to play through it and mm -hmm. it didn't work. In hindsight, obviously that was a bad decision. He should have just gone in the IL, but it didn't, he tried to do it and it didn't work. And so clearly when we look at those numbers, yeah, like he didn't have a functioning finger. Obviously he wasn't going to be a productive offensive or defensive player. So if and mm -hmm. when he comes back, he's fully healthy. To me, like, yeah, like this is, this is a really, really good major league player. I don't think about overcomplicating it. When I think about offense, defense, even going first to third, like Chapman's a really good player. To me, I want him in there every day. All I know is that he's coming off of a month, yeah, where in August, that weight better have had some major impact because, yeah, it was 532 OPS. He had a May where it was yeah. a 585. He had a June where it was a 356, or sorry, a 633. Like... Yeah, good July, but oof. I, I just basically what I what I think with this thing is you're in this playoff race. You're desperately trying to cobble together wins. You're trying to work a guy back from injury, but he has been a disaster. I, I just wonder what the leash is for all of these guys. And honestly, like yeah. Vladdy should sort of be in that conversation, but 
To me, that's a little different because you're talking about a guy who's supposed to be a face of the franchise and someone who's supposed to be here for the next couple of years, someone that you still want to work out a contract with. Like Chapman is at this point a mercenary. And so I do think that the rules should be applied differently to him than it should be to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I, like, that's just, that's just where I'm at with it. Yeah. And I think like if, if there's a point that, you know, like if, if Chapman's hurt or if someone um, is not performing and mm-hmm. if, if you have reason to believe that they're not going to be at their best, then you obviously have to field the best lineup you can. I just think you can get to a point where maybe like if, if they're playing a huge game against the Rays in a week's time and we look at the bench and it's like Matt Chapman and Vlad Guerrero Jr. And on the field, we have Spencer Horowitz and Kevin Vigio. It's like, have you just overcomplicated things? Mm-hmm. Are you just trying to, are you just trying to overthink this? And like at a certain point, you know, Vlad Jr., Matt Chapman, to me, if those guys are healthy, that's where you can actually sort of just turn your brain off and put them out there and and hope and trust that good things are going to happen. Yeah, the only thing is, is that the Buffalo Blue Jays have been kind of the guys carrying this team. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they've just, been great. They've yeah, been great. Exactly. But I think, too, like, you know, here's here's the other thing, like with someone like Ernie Clement and yeah. like what a great story. Give Ernie Clement full credit. But like offensively and defensively, you don't think that there are going to be things that get exposed if Ernie Clement's playing seven days. No, but he's not in the mix for me. Like it's, this is basically coming down to Horowitz. Then, Yeah. He's, he's just a bench bat to me. Horowitz. Like that's when, when you're fully healthy, that's a bench bat. What, what I think is the, the only guy that's in this equation, that's sort of messing things up because yeah, you would probably just have Kevin or Witt at second base. The problem is, is that I think you need to be playing David Schneider every single day now. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. It, is there an argument to be made about when the sample size gets bigger, that David Schneider is not going to be David Schneider. Sure. Should his leash be extremely short? Like if he starts to string together games where he doesn't look like a tough out, then yeah, he's, he's out. It's an easy decision for John Schneider. But as of right now, you, you have to ride him. There is no, Agreed. there's no excuse for not playing David Schneider right now. He is without a doubt, your best bat. Like When he steps up to the yep. plate, I feel like he's either getting on base or he's the best power threat right now. So he's in the lineup. And that's where the ripple effect with everybody else has because now you can't put Kevin Biggio at two and you can't put Witt at two. It's got to be Davis. And, and so that's where I keep looking at this thing and saying, how do you make the rest of the pieces fit? That's where the overcomplication has. And frankly, for me personally, like you don't need to comment on this, but I don't have a lot of faith in the manager, man. And, and I went on a rant yesterday about this, but John Schneider has turned me from someone who was basically a never blame the manager guy. Well, I should say that one of the legacies of this front office has turned me from a, hey, blaming the manager is totally the easiest thing to do. It's usually the lamest thing to do. It's usually the number one thing that makes me eye roll at a fan. And I, and I hate doing that but when people get pissed off my new thing by the way is just whenever people are mad at Guillermo Martinez or like the hitting coach that's my new eye roll thing where I'm like really this is your take (laughs) but I'm kind of with the fans now I'm kind of with the people that I hated the most who would be so pissed off about the manager and I have been now for two straight years where I just don't trust the decision making of Schneider whether it's the handling of some of the pitchers lately whether it's some of the lineup machinations like, I don't know how much of a touch he has over this roster. And, and so I'm just going to say this. How much control do you think he has right now? Like, when, when some of these decisions are coming through, like Bassett the other night or Kikuchi in the Royals series, how much of that is him versus the Khakis? <laughs> versus the First of all, they're on the same team, uh-huh. you know. Um, I, I don't think that it's a, I don't think it's a versus. Like, they're versus the Texas Rangers. And, um, yeah, fine. you know. Like the khakis. <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm not sure how to necessarily start. For I'll start with the David Schneider. <laughs> I agree. David Schneider has to be in the lineup every day. I agree. Um, I think. Um, yeah, he's been so good. I think like 
with with John Schneider and his management, yeah, like um, he has a lot of input from people in the front office who wear various types of business casual <laughs> attire, <laughs> including yeah. but not limited to khakis, yeah. quarter zips, yeah. polos. Yeah. You know, a lot of quarter zips. Range. Quarter zips, yeah. definitely. That's oh. what we should be calling them, but yeah. Quarter zips left and right. Yeah, you'll see some jeans in there on a casual. Like, I don't mm. know, man. They wear all kinds of stuff. On a cool like, day. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you ever like the GM meetings, by the way, like the GM meetings are something else. That's where you see so many quarter zips at the GM <laughs> meetings. It's wild. It's like me and Shy are like the only ones there not wearing quarter zips. You it's should actually time. throw some quarter zips on just so people give you the double take and maybe you actually get leaked some kind of information because someone sees you from oh, behind yeah. and is like, hey, taps you on the shoulder. It's like, what do you think about this move? And then you turn, it's a GM. Oh, and you're totally. like, gotcha. When I, gotcha. When I was younger... When I was younger and I would go to the G- or the winter meetings, mm-hmm. I got mistaken for a job seeker like all the time. Because uh, you'll see. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's I don't think that's what you asked. But um, yeah. So um, when it comes to John Schneider and his management, yeah, there have been calls that have backfired. There have been mm-hmm. moments that haven't gone well this year. I think managers can have slumps too. Um, and um, I think John Schneider is really capable of being a good major league manager. And I think the best possible time for him to prove that is in the next two and a half weeks. Mm. Um, But I think too, to your point around Guillermo Martinez and the hitting coaches, like, you know, there are interesting questions out there when it comes to, you know, what, um, what accountability looks like after this season. We'll get there in due time. Um, Mm. we'll, We'll, we'll have those discussions, you know, after the season but in the meantime this is the best possible chance for john schneider to prove his debtors wrong and uh you know this is this is his first you know just coming off of his first full season as a major league manager i think of course there were going to be a few bumps mm-hmm. um I, I still think he's he's you know thinks things through tactically in a way that will lead to success as a major league manager but we'll see he hasn't done it yet yeah. so we'll see yeah, I, it just, it, it feels to me a little bit like to, you know, I love my Leafs cross-references. It just feels a little bit like you got put in a situation too soon. Like with Kyle Dubas, he gets handed the Leafs GM job. And I think Kyle Dubas got a lot better. And now I do think that he is one of the better executives in all of hockey. Um, it, it just is. You look at the recent track record, it's pretty solid. Look around the game. I feel as though Kyle Dubas learned on the job a little bit. And, and I feel that way with John Schneider at times where I go, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I was a believer in John Schneider. I didn't think that he should get canned unless it was going to be for Terry Francona. Like I always want the, what is the other option? But now looking back on it, it's just, it's a little bit of a difficult look for me anyways, that when you were in a title contention window and I get it with Charlie and Charlie Montoya was what by all reports, not their first guy. They went through, they tried to get a bunch of different managers. It wasn't an overly attractive job at the time. They, they swung and missed on some dudes. They brought in Charlie and he was supposed to be kind of, Hey, uh, I'm going to help raise some of the young guys here. And when the time to make the transition is going to happen, someone else is going to come in here. It's going to be a steadier hand at the wheel. And, and I know like he's got coaches around him, like Don Manley's there. So it shouldn't be just like, Oh, they have complete, no baseball experience in the room. Like they have them there. That's what I always so find so strange when people go, well, Mattingly should be the manager. I'm like, why? You think that he's holding back the secrets? Like you think he's, he's re- refraining from telling these guys what his opinion is? But it's just like, if they miss the playoffs this year 
or, you know, they go out completely meekly and you look at this and say, well, how many of these were potential wins from manager? Was he worth plus or negative wins? If he's worth anything close to negative, if he is worth negative, I think that you have to look at Atkins and say, hey, why did you hire two completely inexperienced managers in the second one when you were trying to win a championship? Like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it, and that, that would be on Ross Atkins, right? Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, you know, Ross Atkins can't fire a manager every year. And they fired no. Charlie, you know, t- 14 months ago. So, you know, clearly, you know, John Schneider, is, this is his job. He was signed to a three-year deal. It's not even really a discussion. If he's he's here. Um, but, and, and, and again, I think that, I think that tactically, you know, there are lessons to be learned from from last year's playoff run. John Schneider has watched that footage I don't know how many times. Like, he's definitely learned from that. And now's the time to apply those lessons and to prove that because with 17 mm-hmm. games left, you know, I think you mentioned this off the top, J.D., but the other thing is the Jays functionally are not in a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have 17 games to pass at least one of these teams. If you don't do that, your season's done and it is without any kind of question of failure. Yeah, and you got to pass them now. You can't tie them. Like tying the Mariners and tying the Rangers is now over. And I, I just don't think it's going to be Houston that ends up at the end of the day uh, that you're going to end up in a tiebreaker with. Um, okay, so here's just yeah. a couple quick rapid fires before I get into the final big topic, which is Manoa. But number one is, is trusting Richards over? For now, yeah. Yeah, it just, it is, right? Like guys, one of the stories of the season, but it just, it feels like they just, they can't go to him in any type of leverage or any type of moment in any more big games. Yeah, like to me, trust in the bullpen has gained and lost pretty quickly. Yeah. So for now, he he doesn't he's not in that trust circle, mm-hmm. however you want to put it. I think like yeah, you could say the same maybe for Chad Green. I'm not yeah. sure if he's ever really entered that. No. Um. But yeah, I, I don't think Richards is in in there right now, and maybe that changes in ten days, but not not right now. Yeah, I just wonder if part of the reason that we saw the Bassett maneuver and even Ryu going into the and and Ryu was pitching well but Ryu pitching deeper into a ball game than he's normally done all season long. And I know his season has been shorter, but has something to do with the fact that they don't trust as many guys in this bullpen right now as they did even just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the other thing is like, they're in a stretch now where they play like a lot of games in a row. I -hmm. mean, it's at least 10 games in a row. So you're going to have to lean on your starting pitching a little bit more until you have the off day around the corner. Like I just think at this point in this, and the Jays have done this all season and their starters have responded so well. I mean, when we think back, one of the overlooked things about this season is that entire month of June when they ran a four man rotation for like a month and kind of got away with it. So they've leaned on the starters all year. It's kind of been what their mo and it's mostly works so i i sort of get it when you're in a stretch like this and your bullpen um is gassed in some cases could the jays bring back ryu i thought about that yesterday it's like completely yeah. was not discussed and it felt like hey maybe he's not even part of the rotation this year but like he he's clearly somewhat like the same guy and he's proven that so far and I love it when he's throwing in the 60s and he's getting strikes or he's freezing guys. This is one of my favorite things about the Blue Jays right now. And yeah, he comes with a lot of injury prone. He's not going to get a ticket that's around $20 million. But what do you think the market's going to be like for a player like that? And Toronto has the comfortability. They know him. They know the medicals. It's just, yeah. Do you think that he has a shot at returning here? I would say he has a shot. Um, if if I was the Jays, I would definitely have interest in Ryu. I mean, I just <laughs> think he's like, he's really good um first and foremost um secondly like he he's a calm presence he's very much a professional 
Um, he does things well around the field. I think that I think he's a guy you want on your team for sure. He's not going to create drama or complicate things. Um, so to me, it's a question of price. Like I think the the term is one year. Um, so it's a question of how many dollars. And like if I'm a Blue Jays team that's losing Kiermaier, Merrifield, Belt, um, and Chapman to free mm-hmm. agency. And I already have a pretty strong rotation. Most of my resources are going to be going to position players and trying to add multiple bats. Yeah. But there's always room to add pitching. And so if Ryu was up for signing, like, I don't know, 7.5 over one with incentives, I'd probably be open to that. But if the number mm-hmm. goes up to 13, I'm probably wishing him luck somewhere else. Yeah. I think that's fair. I just, I, I do wonder if another team that doesn't have all the medicals is going to be handing him that kind of money, even on a one year deal. Like, yeah. yeah. And it might be less. Like, I'm just throwing those numbers out yeah. there. Um, no, for sure. Like I, you, I, I get what you're, yeah. I get what you're saying. It's just that if you're the Blue Jays and you're looking at this and you're trying to return what is going to essentially be your entire starting rotation, and that's going to be kind of a little teaser for the final question is like, yeah, might not be that bad to have a guy who you're allowed to have the extra days rest with and you can handle a little bit differently and then hope that he's this guy at the end of the year where, yeah, he's just a very reliable starting pitcher, someone who, yeah, you can count on for those solid five innings, especially given that extra bit of rest. Um, okay, but yeah, are you all going to have all six? Because here, I'll just tell you how I interpreted reading your piece. Sure. Bad. So <laughs> bad. So incredibly bad. Like, I know you wrote it like, hey, it's just like he thinks he's hurt and they have spent a ton of money saying you're actually not. All these doctors agree. All these medical professionals agree that you're fine. And he's like, you don't know my body. And historically with sports, when there's disagreements about how to handle an injury and it involves like not actually fulfilling your contract obligations and not going and pitch it like going and performing at any level and just deciding to shut it down that it it doesn't usually end with like hey in the summer we actually found common ground and we like each other again and we figured out that both of us were being a little silly it's usually like so i think we should go different ways yeah i mean um... (laughs) yeah exactly see (laughs) I, i i thought i was all right at interpreting that piece uh, that's I, that was a very like that was a very full interpretation. I like uh-huh. you just put it out there. Um, yeah, so I think um, it's clearly like the relationship between Manoa and the Jays. Like they've had a lot of conversations since the tenth or eleventh. I, I don't have it in front of me. The last time he pitched, there there have been a lot of conversations. Right, medically, they're trying to get on the same page. They're trying to get this on the same page about what's next, where he goes, what that looks like. Um, so there, even though we haven't heard from Manoa publicly and we've barely heard from the Jays on this, um, publicly as well, understandable now, I mean, they're in a playoff race. They're obviously not sitting there worried about a guy who's not going to pitch for them this year, but, um, there, there have been these conversations behind the scenes. And I think, you know, I I think it's pretty clear there have to be more conversations and there has Mm. to be some sort of resolution here as to what this looks like going forward, because whatever has happened and there's, there's, you know, obviously, um, it hasn't gone well this year. He's still a member of the Toronto Blue Jays organization on their 40-man roster and potentially a part of their major league team. That mm-hmm. That's the goal that everyone would want. So there is, I, I think, some some ground to cover here in the coming months because it's not where anyone would want it to be right now. It's just, it's so strange watching all the commercials of the Jays games where he's so prominently featured in every commercial. And it's just that reminder of, right, him, yeah. the guy, 
the Cy Young runner-up guy. He's just there. He's omnipresent. But my guess is right now that those conversations that need to happen, there's not a lot of them happening. My guess is this is very much a relationship that is strained and where there's not a lot of texting between the two sides. That this is a, you go away and do your thing and we'll revisit this later. But I would be pretty, I am a Blue Jays fan. I would say that I'm pretty spooked about what the potential of this would be. Because if Alec Manoa decides like he's done with this organization and that he's been mistreated and mishandled and that he tried to buy into the Florida Complex League, but then like this, this is, I'm basically laying out my interpretation of things, then wasn't given a fair shake when he came back, when he returned, that he maybe was trying to gut it out through a little bit of tweak, a little bit of something that he doesn't want to potentially admit that some of it was mental, that maybe it, he's putting a bit more of it on the physical than it needed to be. But then they start to disagree and a strong personality like that, someone who probably feels very embarrassed about the year that he had considering going into it, uh, how, how brash he is. And I like that about him, but it's just like that's what comes with the territory of this, right? And, and I just... Yeah, I can't help but think about Strowman, how we've made all these Strowman comparisons where it's like, he's Strowman, except he's better and he's more of a team guy. It's like, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I just, I could see the same kind of departure. The question is, what the hell are you going to get back in a trade if he wants out and you can't make this work when he's coming off of the year that he just had? It just, oof. Anyway, this is for a different day, but there is a pretty dark path that the Jays might have to walk here if they can't have the conversations you know that become a little bit more productive than i'm guessing they are right now um i love conversations with you yeah. buddy you know that it's always fun i'll be down at the ballpark tonight and so pray for me oh man yeah should be fun should yeah. be fun should just be on the fun. yeah should be so <laughs> fun i'm going with mckee ennis and murphy and i can't yeah. wait so mckee's already set in his classic fan grounds of i don't want i don't want to go you guys are basically forcing me to go to this baseball game wow and, and i already know that the second things go wrong he's going to be in full pout full anger I want to go home, not talking to anybody catatonic. Just, it's going to be a miserable night. Ennis and I are going to be yelling at each other. Poor Blake's just going to be sitting there trying to mediate. Like, it's, it's, this could be a true friendship ending night for four guys who like each other. It just, that's, yeah, it that's could be a lot of here. yelling. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like things could get really emotional. Oh, really yeah. Fast. That's like it. That's one, it. One bobble, one Santiago oh. Espinal, you know, E4, and all of a sudden you guys are just yelling at each other. I know. It's just, it's really, it's not, it's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> it's like the Jays, <laughs> please win, Jays, for the sake of friendship. Like, for, for friends, please win. Please, please win. Ennis with three IPAs and me with 18 Bud Lights. It's, bad. it's a bad combination with us yelling at each other, misinterpreting takes we've had over the course of the entire year with sad <laughs> Sammy in a seat. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, thanks for making time today, buddy. Yeah, you got it. Uh, glad to talk, and uh, we'll talk soon, I hope. Uh, absolutely. See ya. Uh, there's Ben Nicholson Smith. Host of Ethel Letters, Sportsnet Baseball Analyst, just overall the man. Again, I've always said, one of the highest approval ratings I've ever seen at anybody at any company. Be like BNS. Uh, yeah, so the Manoa thing, I, I get it. The Jays are in a playoff race, and if you're, if you're writing about the Blue Jays and you're following the Blue Jays and you're a fan of the Blue Jays, you do want to just focus on the now, right? You just want to focus on the team and the run and this and the that. But again, it's, it's a little bit like the Raptors where 
a different sport. We knew that they had zero shot at winning a championship. And as hard as this is to hear for some people, the Jays absolutely still have a shot at winning a world series this year. Like they have a really good pitching staff and they have a bullpen that has shown a lot this year that has a ton of talent in it. And if they get in, they're going to be a threat to anybody. They just are. They're going to be able to win some scrappy games, even though I pointed out all this record, but the likelihood is pretty low, but a modern day sports fan. I don't apologize for the looking into the past and looking into the future. I've always said modern day sports fan is a time traveler. You live in multiple realities at different times. So some of us or me is looking back and saying, boy, seems like a bit of a mistake to have brought in two rookie managers in a contention window. And for a team that has had maturity issues, Schneider seemed like kind of the tough, rough guy because he was coming off of Charlie Montoya. But ultimately, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's not a steady enough hand at the wheel. Maybe they did need somebody. I'm a big player accountability guy. It should have been the players. They should have been taking a hold of this team. But yeah, they've kind of melted down in big moments this year. And it has felt a little loose. And then Schneider has had some really poor decision making. And so you put all that together and you say, damn, those couple of wins that a better manager might have been worth is the difference between you being outside of the playoffs right now and you being in. You having a tiebreaker with one of these teams and you not. So I don't apologize for this. Two, same thing with Manoa stuff. You're looking at the future and you're saying, all right, so you're going to have Gosman back. You're going to have Barrios back. You feel much better about that. You're going to have Kikuchi. Those three guys, set in stone, solid. Bassett, same thing. Bassett, aging, but hasn't really had too many indicators that he's slowing down. He's had a, he had a good August when he had a horrible one last year. So good. You're feeling solid about those four guys. What is the five hole going to look like? Do you really trust that Manoa is going to be back? Because this is a very different baseball team. If you get back a, a Cy Young runner up at the top of your rotation, who's figured it out and found himself again versus a guy who wants out of the organization and who's a prominent figure amongst the young guys, someone who you thought was going to be one of the faces of the franchise. Like, think about the future of your ball club. If you go from, hey, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is an MVP caliber player to what the hell is Vladdy Jr.? He's a guy that we're talking about. Hey, he's grinding. Okay, he's grinding. He had a worse season than Brandon Belt, the 35-year-old with a broken back. Tough. Tough look, Vladdy. Bobachet, obviously solid. He's got his money. Maybe it's more workable there. He's having a tough series, but anybody who's overreacting to that now, you got to be a bit of a bozo. Like, Bo has pretty much proven who he is at this point in the major leagues, and that is a stud. Whew. And then you're supposed to have Manoa. That was kind of your new triumvirate. And two of those guys are on pretty shaky ground, but one of them just, like, straight up might not want to be here. That's it. He just might not. And, and to assume that, oh, don't worry, that this thing's going to all work out. Like I said, go through the history of athletes that have had disagreements with medicals. That's one of, <laughs> that's one of the worst things you can have is when a player's like, this isn't right and I don't like how the medical staff is treating me and the team's like, we stand by the medical staff and we're trying all things we can do, but eventually you're going to have to try to go out and perform and honor your contract. New Bueno. Kawhi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll decide how to handle this injury. Well, no, because we can't let you do that. Kawhi. And how does that end up working for a year? Is you say, you can decide everything, <laughs> Kawhi. But Alec Mano and Kawhi Leonard. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. I got to talk about the Babcock thing. 
Sportsnet 590. I don't have time to do Babcock on the radio portion. I'm going to save it for the pod. Podcast only. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Don't be a word I can't use. I can maybe use it on the podcast. That'll scare my bosses. That'll make them Austin bleep it out. That'll make it li- them listen up. What was he going to say? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on Babs and the phone. What are we calling this? Photogate? Phone gate? Phone gate? Photogate? Yeah, can't be phone Airplay gate? Airplay yeah, gate? Yeah, whatever the hell it is. Um, all I got to say about the Manoa thing, I'll tie that off, is money can be fixed. Disagreements between money and player and the front office, that can be fixed. Disagreement over medicals, find me the time where that got fixed. All right? Find me the time that that ended up being okay. That's the worst thing that you can have. If you guys think I'm being a little chicken little about this. Quick break and then head over to the podcast only portion, which you should be subscribing to because it's the best part of the show. The deals. Let's start the show. (laughs) Podcast only portion of the show. My favorite time. Uh, Yeah. So Babcock stuff. Babcock in the news. Babcock in the news. Mm -hmm. Where have we heard that before? Yeah. So we got a battle of the big pods. (laughs) Clash of the Titans. 32 thoughts. Spit chicklets. I know they don't. They would both sides would hate it so much. If I, they 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 heard me saying that, they'd be just so mad. Why are you trying to cause controversy, JD? I'm not. And I think that the Spit and Chicklets guys have taken a pretty harsh stance on this. Or sorry, it's not a harsh stance, a very strong stance on this. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 32 thoughts guys have just interviewed Johnny Goudreau, and he said that it's essentially no big deal. Um, okay, so read me. Catch everybody up to speed on this that has no internet connection and. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't live in the city or is like Armin where I just assume that his entire feed is just like L.A. Lakers stuff and he has no idea. Like, actually, catch Armin up to speed. Do you have any? Hold on. Before he says, Armin, do you have any idea about what the story is? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. Okay, mm-hmm. give me your, like, drunk history version of what <laughs> you think is happening here, actually. This is the better way to do it. I think it's kind of... Here's, hold on. Here's hockey stories from a basketball guy. All right, what do you got? In quotes, um... Getting to know the players. Whoa. Like Babcock. Start, start over. You have to, you have yeah, to start back about what like actually happened. Quotes, starting okay, to get bad. to know the players. Bad start. All right. Okay. Try again, basketball guy. Please uh, talk closer to the mic too, Armin. Yeah, yeah. Head coach yeah. is trying to get to know his players. So yeah. he's asking them to throw their photos onto the TV through AirPlay. That's what I got. Yeah. And they were photos uncomfortable with it. Some yeah. of them were, it seems. And they came out and told me. That's kind of my gist of it. That's what I got. Okay. So kind of, yeah, that's, that's about as basketball-y guy of uh, interpretation of this without like missing a ma- lot of the major plot points as it gets. Do you want to try Joe? Yeah, I, I can try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can try. Yeah, there I'm was on, on spin chicklets, Mike Babcock yeah. is obviously with the Columbus now. There was a story about how he was asking players to share. Stories from who? Got to give proper accreditation. Uh, accreditation. Spin chicklets. Yes, there we go. Spin chicklets. Good job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Paul from school Bizanet. from old JD. Yeah, Paul Bizanet. Paul Bizanet. Yes, yeah, spin chicklets. There's a story mm. about how Mike Babcock was trying to get his nose player, so he's trying to ask them to share photos from their phone onto, it said, TV airplay. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently that did not come across very well. Some players were uncomfortable. Johnny Goudreau obviously talked to Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on 32 Thoughts. Said he said, that quote, it was, I want to get to know you. Show me some of the pictures of your families, what you like to do in the summer, things yep. you did this summer. So I pulled up his picture. Goudreau said he was happy to share photos of his 10-month-old daughter, Noah, his mm-hmm. mother and father, his brother, his beloved and recently deceased grandmother, and his dog, end quote. Dog, yep. um, okay, so 
Here's what we have here. We have Spit and Chicklets posting screenshots of players saying, thank God you're finally exposing weirdo Babcock. And yeah. yes, these stories are absolutely true. And then you have a couple of players publicly, like Boone Jenner, who was first referenced in all of this, mm -hmm. uh, issuing a statement to the Columbus Blue Jackets saying that, hey, this story is blown out of proportion. Yeah. I think this is a two things can be true situation, okay? I think that there are some guys that their boss goes, hey, can you show me some of the photos in your phone? And your, immediately rea your immediate reaction to that is like, holy crap, I'm getting my back up. Yeah. Do I think my, Mike Babcock took guys' phones and just hit the airplay <laughs> for whatever the hell was in there? No. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's be reasonable yeah. here. Do, do I think that that happened? No. Do I think that he went to guys and said, show me some of the photos in your phone to let me see what kind of a guy you are? Yeah. But some guys probably interpreted that immediately as, wait, is he telling me, again, this is hockey culture. You listen to the coach. Just do exactly what he says. Yeah. Say, then do. They interpreted that probably as, holy crap, does this guy want to see my nudes? <laughs> does this guy want to see the text message exchanges I have with ladies in my phone? Does he want to see the memes that I've screenshotted to send to the boys? Mm -hmm. that's, that's not fun. Read all my group chats, that kind of stuff. I don't think Mike Babcock did that. That's just, that's just my guess. That's just... Again, I'm a total impartial party here. The thing that Johnny Goudreau said feels more likely to me. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that, dude, if you're not Johnny Goudreau and you don't have a family and a dog and a grandmother and a, a, a wholesome summer, yeah. it becomes a bit of an awkward question. I don't think that for anybody that is within the realm of our ages... Ooh, we got fire people. They got, is this the marshal telling everybody to get out of the building? No, there's a whole fire alarm going on, JD, but we bring yeah, the is. content to the people. <laughs> oh, so. there's a fire Dude, alarm. There's during... literally a fire marshal lady. I've never seen that Standing before. outside the door, escorting all the people out of the building. This, we will burn for I know, the people. And they're for like, sports. don't worry. <laughs> you know what? Pod the comes with first. A few less dudes who like sports <laughs> won't be so bad. Yeah, no one cares about us. Yeah. You know who's not getting on the. Spaceship that's evacuating Earth to Mars. Mm. Sports talk guys. Yeah, they're not like not. we need sports talk guys on Mars. All of six guys gone. They're get the on here, people. The only hope we have is that Rich Callum will potentially yeah. allow one of us. You know, if we're really nice to Callum, he's like, "You can be my slave in the new world. <laughs> you will." <laughs> the you, first one of us to buy him a Stone yeah, Island exactly. T-shirt. You're, getting you're on the plane. going to be my footstool. I don't think that we can bring furniture to Mars, so you're going to be my human furniture. That's what you're going to be if yeah. you want to get on the Mars vessel. You want to get in with Elon, my buddy, my close personal friend? <laughs> then you better get with the program. Anyway, um, I think it's weird. I think it's weird. I think it's strange. I don't think it's as nefarious as it was first laid out by the Chicklets guys. I'm sorry. I love Biz. I love Ryan Whitney. I think that they resort... They, they researched this and like you even saw some of business tweets where he was like, man, I'm a player's pod. And if you try to screw over a player, like he used some language I'm not going to use right? because <laughs> they have more power than me because they're millionaires who played professional sports. And I am not. I am a schlub who can't get on the space rocket. OK, <laughs> so I don't get to use all the colorful language sometimes that those two get to use. I think that they were told about this by some guys and they were like, can you believe that this is happening? And then they went with a huge reaction to it. Like, holy crap. Can you believe that Babcock's doing this thing again? And it is weird. And he's a coach. This is the thing. Some people have a threshold. Like if this was a different coach, right? If this was Bruce Boudreaux, mm -hmm. this wouldn't be a complete non-story. Yeah. Maybe a guy or two is like, wow, it's weird, but they keep it in house 
or they tell it to spit in chiclets and they don't really run with it. But this is a guy with a zero tolerance for BS right now in the NHL. He came in here. He had the questions. They had him introduced as the new coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets on a weird media day. They basically hit it for a while. They tried to bury it. They tried to get him in under the gun. It's a controversial hire. Yeah. You're going to be extremely closely watched. And he's someone who has been in the past viewed as, especially by the younger generation of players, as a weirdo. By the older generation of guys, I think more of just like a hard-ass, tough guy, jerk. Mm -hmm. Either way, not a very high popularity rating amongst the players. And so if you're a Columbus Blue Jacket and you show up in the dressing room and you go, oh, I'm new here, like what's Babcock going to be like? And one of the first things that he says to try to get to know you isn't, hey, let's get a beer. It's, hey, show me some pictures in your phone. You're going to go, what the hell are you talking about? Who, who would ever do that? You know, like, that's just not a way. What, you got something? I was just going to ask you guys, was it like the whole team's looking at the TV? No, I don't think so. At your I don't. I think that he, they probably had something like, hey, put it up on the screen. Like, show me some of the stuff and sit down in the chair. So it's not just two yeah. guys hovered over a phone. Yeah. I don't, again, I do not believe, I will not believe, I refuse to believe that this was a situation where he just said, hand me over your phone. We're going to play your phone on auto airplay in front of the entire team. And we're going to quote unquote, see what kind of a guy you are. Yeah. And that was sort of the way that those guys at Chicklets portrayed it out of the gate. They sort of portrayed it as though that was the way, like when I first saw it, yeah. that's the way I got it. And yeah. even listen to the way Biz is talking about where he's like, the photos I would show are these, right? Mm -hmm. and Cause Whitney makes a joke about how, the photos he would choose would be like cultivated to show that he's a great guy. Yeah. And then he went, no, I'd go the opposite direction. Like hustle which is quotes like, yeah. and all that stuff. Workout yeah, exactly. videos. Hustle quotes and workout videos <laughs> and stuff like that. That's what I would do. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I, I do not think that this was a show me your phone. Give me your phone. I'm going to look through it. Yeah. I'm going to look through your conversation history. I'm going to look through your text messages. I'm going to look through your photos. Like if that was the case, he would have been fired immediately. They yeah. would have not that's backed insane. that. As it, was, it was not a gotcha moment. There's 0% yeah. chance in my mind. Zero. That it was a, I'm taking the phone. I'm doing what the hell I want with it. This mm -hmm. was to me a show me some pictures in your phone. You can cultivate them. Take your time. Well, maybe yeah. not even like take your time. Like kind of do it now. I want to see them like when I'm meeting with you and I want to try to get to yeah. know you. And some guys panicked and went like, I don't know what the hell to show you. Some guys would have been fine. If you're Johnny Goudreau, like I mentioned, you have the family and the dog and the blah, blah, blah. And you're the leadership yeah. core. That's probably a nice, wholesome phone you got there. Mm -hmm. I don't think that every player in the NHL is a big, nice, wholesome phone. No. And I think that that kind of puts you off into a wrong foot too. And that makes you uncomfortable where you're like, Hey, uh, I like, I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. I don't have a big old hands, the wholesome phone. I got some nice photos of my family. I got some nice photos of what I got up to this summer. Mm -hmm. But if you told me, and I was sitting next to Ennis, whose phone is just his, his family constantly. Right. Yeah. I'd be going, this sucks. Look at him. He's like, yeah, kids, happy French. You're going to judge what kind of guy he is. And then me who doesn't have that was like, Drinking in cottages and friends and a little bit with my mom and sister and brother and you know yeah and then some delete that one delete that one get rid of that one. <laughs> what uh, you're saying is Ben wins the airplay battle. Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> that I still think it's a weird request for somebody who is not automatically thinking of hey, let me show you pictures of my dog, my mom, and my wife yeah. and my three kids. Yeah, I also don't think it's an accurate representation of who you are too as a guy, right? Yeah, just no. by showing your phone. Sure, definitely not. I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. nothing really is other than you showing yourself over like a long period of time. Yeah, getting to know your actions. Getting to know yeah, someone. your actual actions over time. But yeah, I could see how he's trying to just like get to know guys. But he's a boomer and he doesn't really get this whole thing. And he's thinking that this is a good creative way. Like of he's basically trying to ask them to do a 
essay on what you did this summer, like a third grader. Yeah. And he thinks that this is a way to connect with younger people because it's their phones and photos. And I think that he's just botching it and bobbling it. Yeah. That's my guess. And I that he's like a weirdo misguided. and that he's just a weird guy and people are approaching him with he's a weird guy. And there's probably players there who don't want to play for Babcock immediately. Yeah. A bunch of them. A bunch of guys who are happy to volunteer to the Chicklets dudes like, dude, this guy's such a weirdo. He, we'd love for him to go because we don't want him in the clubhouse or the locker room. We don't want the dressing room. God, I got 0 for 3. That was 0 for 2. <laughs> Finally got to the way that we talk about it in hockey. Um, and that that's the situation we're in, is that yeah. some guys are volunteering this information as, dude, I'm glad you're exposing this guy because I don't like this guy, or I'm exposing this guy because I don't want this guy around. Yeah. That it's one well, of the I don't two want things. it to continue throughout the season, this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm telling you that I, I'm telling you that if it was the way that it was originally portrayed, which is give me your phone, I'm going to airplay it, I'm going to look through it, I'm going to just yeah. have a look-see at all of the little private things you have yeah. in your phone without you any filter in front of your team or do the things, Babcock would have been fired yeah. Within moments of that, there would be no press conference. There would be no thing. And if he is eventually fired for this, like if he's fired before the season, yeah. then that interpretation might've been correct. Yeah. But I'm saying that while they took this and while Boone Jenner and while Johnny Goudreau have both publicly stated this and gone in defense of this coach, mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that it wasn't a little bit closer to what Goudreau's saying. It's just awkward and weird. Yeah. Okay. So that's it. Anyway. Um, what's next? NHL hockey talk. NHL expansion. So there's an NHL NHLPA media tour. Uh, Where did this come right from? I, I saw it. It, it came like, from ESPN. Okay. From Kristen Shilton and Greg Wyshynski. Yeah, okay. And uh, so Bill Daly was asked about the uh, optimism about a third franchise in Atlanta, and he said, I think some of the challenges that we've seen in Atlanta can be overcome, uh, particularly with the success of Vegas and Seattle expansions. There are more people who want to own professional hockey teams. Gary Bettman also noted that expansion was not a priority for the league right now. Um but yeah, yeah. Ex- expansion talk. Atlanta, yeah, like Houston's um, been hot. Anyway, uh, I don't even know what the hell that means. I think some of the challenges that we've seen in the past in Atlanta can be overcome. Like, what are you talking about? The challenges yeah. of no one gave a <laughs> sh- Like, <laughs> sorry, bleep it. Ten oh nine, ten ten. Atlanta can barely draw people for the Atlanta Hawks. They have issues with attendance in other sports. They had issues with the Braves the for a long time. The idea that they're going to draw hockey fans is ludicrous. I understand that this is just mostly posturing of, hey, you know what? We think we could survive in any climate, in any league, and mm-hmm. we would have to go into Atlanta with optimism, and he doesn't want to rule anything out. You know why? Because money. Yeah. Because they want the money. Because it would be really nice. You know what they really liked about the Seattle and Vegas franchises is that you have to pay an expansion fee and you give them the money. Yep. Where would be more realistic? Where? What do you mean? Any city? Oh, literally just anywhere. about anywhere. Anywhere yeah. rather than um, Atlanta. <laughs> first of all, the NHL, if, if they're doing this, it's because of complete greed. They don't care about the product, which I already have my questions about when it comes to leadership of the NHL right now because I think that the product is going south in a hurry. Um, and part of it is that the league is already too deep. There's too many teams. We don't mm. need 32 teams. In I was going to ask you about right. that. Hockey should not yeah. be a 32 team league. Look at how many guys look at the goaltenders right now. There's no better case. There's no better example of why hockey is in decline mm. than every night looking around the NHL and going, who is this goalie? <laughs> you will watch every single night, go through the list of hockey teams and read the names of the goaltenders around the NHL. Yeah. There's like five or six guys who are just AHL goalies. Dude, more than that. (laughs) There are a lot of scrubbity, scrub, scrub, scrubs. Yeah. It does not have the ability to sustain this many guys. It just doesn't. 
And it doesn't have the power or the money of the NFL where you say people are going to go to these things like in droves constantly. Yeah. They already have Arizona. They already have Florida, whatever. They just went on their cup run. And guess what? We were having Stu Gotts on. Remember what he said? Yeah, if they make the cup, some people will watch, but we don't care. We don't really give a crap. The arena is so far away from Miami. There's it's too like, many players. There's too many players. There's way too many players. You There's shouldn't more have... Caleb Martin jerseys in Florida than there is Kachuk. The, 100%. And <laughs> yeah. not only this, though. You just have way too many third, fourth lines where there's no identity amongst the players. You've aged out a lot of the names. You've made it really hard for certain guys to make a living because you can just bring in these young AHL skaters for $800,000, the league minimum, and they can kind of give you some serviceable minutes. Look at even the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to have Bobby McMahon (laughs) on the team this year to probably start the year. It's just there's too many teams. Truly, the NHL would be, I think, the best sport on earth if they just trim the rosters down. They made it more competitive to make the AHL. You had to have more heart. You had to have a little bit less of just like the skating and skill and all the exact same player that's on every single team. Yeah. More uniformity. Cut it down. It should be, honestly, if I was running the NHL, I'd have like 24 teams. 24. It's two conferences of 12. That's it. Like smaller, not even, maybe not even smaller players, but like that's the ideal number. Look how many scrubs there are in the NHL. And no offense, because and I say scrubs within... The context of professional sports. Yeah. But like, come on. Basketball, you're playing five guys on the floor at once. You played at a bench of eight players. Mm-hmm. And the NBA is incredibly deep right now. The NBA can expand. Yeah, they can. For sure. NHL, it be, would be like if the NBA, you had to play <laughs> 20 guys every night. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden you had a 20 man rotation. You're going like, whoa. You have and a you third have line yeah, in basketball. Too many guys. Yeah. In a sport that's too niche and in so many markets that people don't give a crap about. Mm-hmm. Look at Anaheim right now. What a nightmare. Yeah. There's way too many markets where it's irrelevant. And I know people think that I hammer those teams too much, the irrelevant markets, but mm-hmm. it's true. And I don't want to see massive roster turnover with like, who are the three AHL guys on your team every year that you just have to have there because you're being salary cap compliant and there aren't enough good players in the league. And you have to have a conversation about these guys. Like I don't need, Oh, I don't want to use guys names as, <laughs> but yeah, think about some, let's just put it this way. Think about some of the Marley's players that they've signed to those like two way deals ish that you've come up and we've had conversations about that we really didn't need to have any conversations about. Alex Steves. Ugh, okay, fine. I'll do one. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, we don't need to have those guys oh, relevant. Like, it's just it's just not a thing. We don't need to have that. Ugh. So, yeah, expansion, I'm fully against in general in the NHL. I'm vehemently opposed to expansion mm-hmm. in the NHL. And, yeah, if you are going to expand, it absolutely has to be to a Canadian market. Like... Yeah, the dollar's not as strong. It's harder to make. There's, there's business reasons as to why it's harder to operate. There's not as many corporate interest boxes, whatever, um, upside of a market. But come on. I was like, going to ask Quebec City. Is that? Even the Quebec City thing. I know though, there's doubts about like, it for sure. Yeah, How about they, your hometown? Be, what? How about your hometown? What, Whitehorse? Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know that we don't even have enough people there to fill an nhl size arena every yeah, single night. So really? What are you talking about? Like, yeah, we literally got everybody out from the town, every man, woman, and child. Uh, so move the no. stadium from uh, Mullet Arena. No, there's, the White no House. there's no real Canadian market that can sustain a second team except for the one that makes the most sense, which is Toronto. It'll never happen because of the business and money yep. interests. Thousand percent. Like there should be two teams here. There should be a hundred percent two teams in Toronto. Could absolutely. What about Toronto and Hamilton. 
Yeah, whatever. I don't like Hamilton, sure, but it should actually be in Toronto. Mm. Oh, I was like, just thinking because be, Hamilton's a team, that, no. uh, a city that gets thrown out. No, a lot it should be like that. yeah, Mississauga or something where it's like mm. try to attract some people. The problem is, is that it's going to take. It would take a while for people to actually gravitate towards a new team. People yeah. would still stick with the Leafs, but in terms of trying to make hockey more accessible in the city, which just flat out is not mm-hmm. like a second Very team expensive. here is the the way to go. Yeah, there's there's no way. Guess what? NHL. You want to talk about what would be good for the league? Like having an in Toronto rivalry, three Ontario teams. Like that's obviously way better. That's way better. Oakville. Put a team in Oakville. Yeah, no. But Make me the captain. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, agent, reaching out. Hilarious because. <laughs> Shout out Jamey Hill. Well, it's just so funny because it's just a, this is the pure ploy. They're not even genuinely. If You know what? If Colin Kaepernick keeps doing that and you know, I was in an AFL team, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> you like what reverse psychology like, yeah, get in there put the pads yep. on Colin Monday put the, 8 a.m. Hey, Colin go in there put the pads on put the pads on yeah snap the ball snap the ball give it to Colin you get dragged then though for like, not putting him in the position to you're starting on Thursday buddy come Three on days. We, we don't need to do this like, seven years since last yeah, I know, football I, I, I let's leave him alone that, but let's not leave him alone it's him yeah this is part of the Colin Kaepernick thing did Colin Kaepernick get done dirty? Yeah. Was, mm-hmm. was Colin Kaepernick courageous? Yep. Did Colin Kaepernick like take a stance and for something that he believes in and take a ton of heat for it? For sure. Do I think that he was originally blackballed from the NFL? Yeah. I think that's pretty damn clear given like the talent that is in that league and the chances that some players are given. Yeah. Like, dude, Matt Ryan was starting as a corpse. Yeah. You know? He's mobile as a tree in his last year. Yeah, yeah. Like, Colin Kaepernick <laughs> could have played. But... Do I think Colin Kaepernick also glommed on to the idea of like, hey, this is also a pretty good business for me. Like when I'm doing Nike commercials and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do, yeah, what does publicity stunts at some points down the line? Am I trying to keep my name relevant? Am I trying to keep myself as like an expensive speaker and someone that's in the news? Yeah, clearly he's playing the game a little bit here. I think we can acknowledge both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when his agent's saying, yeah, Colin's reached out to the Jets. He wants to play football. It's like, no, you don't, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. You don't want to play football and your agent doesn't want you, like, you to play football because you probably can make more money off the football field right now than what you make on it. Probably. And you're safer and you don't need to take hits and, yeah, you don't need to be exposed. You know how bad Colin Kaepernick would probably look if he's suited up after seven years out of the NFL? Like, this is a guy who was an athlete quarterback. He mm-hmm. was not a precision passer. Yeah. Remember the final years of Kaepernick and the, the, percent, the completion percentages and the accuracy numbers around that player? Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. Anyway. Um, Do I hit on the Packers fans cheering in Milwaukee and then getting it dunked on when the Jets walked it off in overtime? Yeah, I mean, we're the number one market that can't make fun of these guys because we cheered for <laughs> Kevin Durant That was my thought. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, for those of you that don't know, in Green Bay, somewhere in Wisconsin. Sorry, Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Jack's American Pub. They threw a promotion that mm-hmm. was if the Jets and Rodgers lose, everybody drinks for free, yeah. which is just an incredible <laughs> thing. Yeah. How there wasn't, if that happened here, well, th- how the hell, what was the lineup like for that? Free booze at the bar would just, that the videos are packed. Like there there people here. It wouldn't happen. to the brim. Well, it wouldn't happen here because we have no culture of that. Yeah, We're no. just everything way overpriced and yeah, no one's yeah. giving anything away for free. No, I give you guys this podcast for free. And what do you do? Some of you can't even subscribe and leave five stars. Some of you won't even do that. 
You won't even go, yeah, you know what, JD, I'll go to Apple, I'll write a little nice thing about you. Some of you yeah. will not do that. But you'll go to a bar and drop 15 on a yeah. I saw a report yesterday that dining is down in the last, like, three months in dining? Toronto and all of Canada. Yeah, like, dining in at restaurants? Oh, dining in. Dining yeah. in. They said dieting for a second. I, I thought like, you said dieting, too. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Where is this good. Coming Everyone's from? with me. Everyone's uh, with me right now. <laughs> Getting chubby. <laughs> anyway. Uh... I love this promotion. It's incredible. I'm yeah. guessing that they can make yeah. so much money off of food that it's mm-hmm. still worth it from them, but it still seems... By wings and fries and It still like seems un- unbelievable like yeah. that they would take this loss, but that maybe it's a promotion. They get more people in the bar. People like it there, whatever. Yeah. They get draw lines. They get food. I don't know. It, it, it must be working somehow on a business yeah. standpoint. It would be kind of funny if they would have had it all year long, and then it was like week six. They went, hey, so we're going out of business. You killed Jack's bar in Milwaukee. Jack's American pub. Yeah, we tried this. We tried to be cool, but all you guys kept coming out the bar like, shot, shot, shot. There must be some kind of... There must be some sort of caveat. There's got to be some type of a limit so that you can't just go stand at the bar and be like, Mm -hmm. I'll have a shot of the best thing that you have in the house and then just stand there over and over. It was like, there's just no way. Yeah. No, it was yeah, definitely only bar rail. Like, there's yeah, no something. way. Yeah, exactly. Something or the, their local pints or whatever the hell. Something. Like, you drink for free on your bar tab. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it, it just says, um, yeah, Jets was a game when Roger starts. Packers aren't playing at the same time. The bar pays everyone's drink. Yeah, tab. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, the got, I get it. Anyway, so, yeah. Details. Anyway, apparently the bar, they're obviously all rooting against Rogers, which is fine. I would root against Rogers too. I rooted against Russell Wilson when he was a Bronco. Mm-hmm. I will admit that a divorce from a quarterback is like as close as I've had to a serious breakup. Like there's nothing really more traumatic because your quarterback is truly the face of your franchise. And when you have yeah. a successful one, like I had with Russell Wilson, it's, it's very emotional and had Russell Wilson got hurt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone. Yes. Yeah. But there might've been a moment where I went, that's what you get. <laughs> That's what you get, Russ. But deep down, you're like... Broncos country, let's ride? How dare you stick that in all of our faces all off-season? How dare you do that to me? I can't wait for those videos How to come How dare back. you be happy in your new relationship? Yuck. Yeah. Like, so soon? I'm going to bump future for the rest of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of a sudden future, I was like, yeah, everything. Everything future. All day future. Um, just playing rotation on like, repeat on the way I to work. Early future and then future just like stopped doing it for me. I don't know what it is. Dirty anyway. Sprite 2 has been one of my favorite albums yeah, of all just, time. Yeah, it just didn't hit the same way. Maybe I was just riding with Russ and I couldn't handle it. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, <laughs> so I don't really I don't really blame sports fans too harshly for the in the moment cheering for an injury. Like you mm-hmm. find out it's the same thing as the KD thing I said is like everybody knew it was a bad look for us. No one was defending that going, yeah, we're happy that he was hurt. We won the chance. It's like, yeah. nah, it's not, it's not a good look. But but here's the thing, sports fandom can be ugly sometimes. Yeah. And and people want to act like this isn't a thing that's built on being uh, emotional. I hate when people go, the fan stands for fanaticals. Like, shut up. Shut up with that thing. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's an ugly side to sports. Yeah. Fans can be nasty. Fans can be cruel. Fans can be mean. There's millions of us that like this stuff. You're not going to get the perfect little preacher boy out on every single fan of a team. And if you act with emotion when you're watching something that's tense and you're being riveted and you're on the edge of your seat, you're going to say something dumb sometimes. You're going to react poorly sometimes to something. You're going to get the odd person that breaks the TV or swears and says an inappropriate thing or, you know, cheers for an injury, whatever. Anyway, this is all part of the game. So I don't really hate on people for doing that. I hate it if you're like a repeat lame offender of this where like every time you're with a friend, he goes to the game and he's just like, he watches one period and then he's just like, oh, and blah, 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 blah. And he's just, you're like, oh. Or if you actively root for that, it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that stuff is like weird. That stuff's strange. I agree. Anybody who's played fantasy sports, 
anybody who's played fantasy sports has said to their buddy, I hope your player X breaks his leg today. Like, duh. I'd be lying if I said that. And then the players, whenever they hear that stuff, they're like, you don't treat us like human beings. It's like, you're right. We don't. Like, not all the time. If we meet you in person and we think about you for a second, when there's a human moment, obviously we think about you like Mm -hmm. people. But no, when I'm playing fantasy football with my buddies, I don't think about Trevor Lawrence as a human being. Not like, I hope Trevor is feeling good about himself today. I don't want him to have a bad day. It's like, no, he's getting hit by big other huge humans. Mm-hmm. Knock yeah. him out of the game. And then when he is, I'll go like, ah, damn it. I didn't really want him to get hurt. Because it's true. I didn't really want him to get hurt. Who wants him to see another person get hurt? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless they're like doing something dumb. Yeah. Like those videos where it's like guys try to jump off one roof to the next or something. And they hit their ribs against the other yeah. side and they break them. And I'm like, good. I wanted that to happen to you. <laughs> I was really, well, I, was like, well, I don't want to see you do a cool ninja flip. And then you <laughs> landed on the ground. Like, no, I want to see you get impaled by something like, you impaled. know, yeah. Oh my Not goodness. Mortally, but yeah. Like, <laughs> Some of your favorite content is drunk people doing no, things. That's what's, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Like I want to see people punished for stupid behavior. I want to live in a society where it feels just, Anyway, 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 um, getting back to the bar, Mm -hmm. you better believe that if I was watching that game and Wilson came in, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd be starting to hammer it and be having the time of my life. But there were enough warning signs in that game. But either way, like you, you had to be feeling confident. Because that game kind of sucked for a long time too, where yeah, it was like it that you weren't even paying attention. Wasn't very so you've been just like drinking your ass was, off. Yeah. You've been yeah. drinking your ass off for the first half, no ifs, ends, or buts, being like, I'm calling into work tomorrow. I can't believe we get all these free drinks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there and like you see that touchdown at the end of the game, you're like, Oh boy, that's Xavier sucks. Gibson. Man, that is insulting. You're doing you're doing the joke oh. all night too. Like, I'll pick up the tab for the boys tonight. Tonight's on me, everybody. Oh, you, <laughs> you know, know there was at least yeah, like exactly. 10 bros tonight's in on there. Me. Tonight's on me, joking around, and then all of a sudden, like pulling out the card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one sucks. I but it is a little bit karmic, and I will say that even as much as I still hate Russ, which I do, mm-hmm. I really do hate Russ. At the end of his career. I, I will be like, I feel bad for rooting for you so actively when you gave me some of the best moments of my life. <laughs> you, know, like, you gave me some of the best. He gave me the worst moment of my life, too, and he did kind of break up the Seahawks, and it was a little bit more of a complicated relationship with him, but I think Packers fans had that at the end, too. I get it. Yeah. When it's like the, the the dissolution of that relationship, when it starts to get a little ugly and Rodgers is complaining every year about he doesn't have enough help and, you know, going against the franchise and dragging it out and doing all the stuff that he did, all the weird stuff. Like, it gets harder and harder to defend. Anyways, yeah. uh, I'm done for today. I will say it was hilarious that Armin and you put this iPhone colors thing in. I was like, <laughs> you guys are so Gen Z. Like, I could ever hear of a crap. There was a lot of new you stuff yesterday. You know what's a good color for iPhone? Black. You if know, you're going to put a case on it Don't anyway. say black's not a color. Shut up. If you're one of the... Black's not a color, actually. The shade. Of, yeah, oh. shut up. It's a shade. Shut up. <laughs> Black is the only acceptable color if you're a guy for an iPhone. No, man. Yes, correct. No, man. Armin's dying because it's just like this. I'm happy with my red, you know? You're going to have the lamest phone, Armin. Armin, are Look, you getting guys. one of the titanium ones? Yeah. No, man. I'm going to go for that nice green. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I like it. I heard Big JD's Celtics doing that, guy. too. Oh, Big okay. Celtics guy. No, you'll never see me. <laughs> no, that's the weird thing. Green me. is my favorite color. Even though I'm a Lakers fan, I know yeah. it's kind of weird, but no, I can't wear is. like green shoes. I can't wear, I don't Dude, really. You know what's the best part about this is like if you ever met Jerry West, 
and you're like, can we take a picture together? And you took out your phone. Cause you know that Jerry West is like so tortured by the Celtics famously that yeah. he hates the color green and yeah. that like he would not Armin would pull out his phone and take a picture with Jerry West and Jerry West would smack that phone over his hand and just shatter it on the ground. Be like, get away from like, me. Who do you think you are? Get away from me. You, you little squid. <laughs> you little squid. And then Armin would be like, oh, <laughs> Lakers legend, Jerry West. No, I wish I wish I loved anything as much as Armin loves the Lakers. I wish I loved anything as much as Armin apparently loves green. Like, really strong feelings. Christian Wood green. and no, green. No, no. That's Armin's I love green so much. Like, okay. No, I didn't say that. I'm you just saying. No one, I don't know what like, asked. I'm just saying. My favorite color is green. That's how I would get yeah. the green one. Dude, that was literally... <laughs> That was legitimately you sharing that to the group chat was genuinely like, oh, we have a six year old in our like, look, I have, <laughs> look, there's green. I'm like, yep, there is green look, and cool there's purple rock. and there's blue. There's red and there's yellow. What other colors do you know? Okay, but you oh, guys didn't find rainbow. anything at the like Apple event yesterday exciting. Nope. Because there was some no, other cool stuff. I don't stuff. care. I, I do. I, can I, I throw some stuff it. at you? Sure. You could get six or twelve terabyte options on your iCloud. Like I love Armin. that. Who needs I love that, that much? That's a lot. You Who guys don't get the don't get the prop that says like oh your iCloud is full you have to I have no, to delete just, photos sometimes just I, to get I just pay and I I pay I think I pay literally a dollar something a month for yeah. extra cloud storage and they're getting me because they're getting everybody on that so it's like you know Apple's reaping in millions of dollars every year on those extra dollars but I don't need what did you say ten terabytes six, six to twelve six or twelve. Yeah, like that's what, what am I am I like what what do you have to do if you get if someone gets a 12 terabyte like phone all, that's like we need it, to check your hard drive uh, yeah I was gonna say like what we what need do to you check have on drive. there I need to know like what what are you doing I guess you could yeah, show I guess me your phone like, Babcock style throw it airplay it on the TV I like that you started with the least relatable thing of all time but yeah go on okay USB C ports are here guys don't you ever wish you had 12 terabytes of iCloud storage I think the option's good okay okay how about this the USB C port so like you could share Samsung chargers now with people who have Androids and stuff it's the same port now for chargers or you could just have an iPhone charger. Wait, so no, they that's changed, actually huge. That's huge. No, the but new, they changed it again. They changed it again. So it's not it? the lightning. Oh, uh, I like got this. you. So they, they no, so and you could charge your AirPods now with your iPhone. So, so I could use because oh, it's two no, ways that USB C cord. No, it's trash. They're I just making that. it universal then, like with the Pretty USB C. Much. And then okay. people have been asking for it for a while. But yeah, but that's just hilarious. It's like they wait forever and ever and ever, and now everybody's got like eight lightning yeah. cords. So and they made their like, money. Oh, actually, we're doing it for you. We're giving you this new option that you can get because you can share. Yeah. How many times have I ever shared with an Android person? Like, when does that ever come up? Everybody I know has iPhone. I'm yeah. like, yo, you got an iPhone charger? Like, yeah, because I'm not a weird loser who has <laughs> green text. Like, who has a green phone? Yeah. Oh, you guys want to be in a WhatsApp chat group? Uh, no, I don't, poor oh, boy. That's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst. No, okay. Exactly. Oh, now you have the universal charge port? Oh, we're changing charges again? No, that sucks. I'm going to make that? a WhatsApp chat. 0 for chat with 2. Us. Actually, 0 for 3, because I'm counting colors on you as like uh, your. Okay, the second. mute switch, you know, the little flick on your top left. Okay. It's now, it's now just a button. It's okay. customizable. It could be anything. So literally, you could press it and it could go to like whatever, launch your favorite app. You could customize it to whatever you want. So Armin, it's, it's I just like a little this big of a loser. Like this I'm is just saying these are little How cool things. It, I'm not gonna go buy the phone. Where it's like these are so useless. It's like, dude, the thing for you to do is be like, hey, so if you have your new iPhone and you take a picture of uh, food, it'll tell you all the nutritional value. It'd be like, damn. 
That's useful. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. Like that's Agreed. a cool new I'm not feature. trying to be an iPhone yeah. salesman. Yeah. Here. No, I'm just well, saying. I'm, no, you are because no, you literally I'm not, said I'm, I'm not going to go buy the new phone. Oh, I still yeah. got the 13 Pro. Oh, do you I'm guys good. know that the little mute button, which <laughs> everyone uses, because now everyone turns their phone down, and whenever you hear someone's phone ring, you look at them like they're terrorists, like about to take <laughs> over a plane. Uh, yeah, I know that button. Uh, yeah, they're going to change that button that everyone uses and let you do whatever you want with it. Uh, how about a mute button? Uh, yeah, it'll do that. Okay, sweet. Sweet, sweet. No, yeah, sick phone. Okay, do you guys update your iOS right away? Last thing I'm gonna throw. Hell at you. no. Who does no. that? Oh, That's another like sicko behind. move. Like, yeah, update your iOS. Dude. Man, I'm of the generation <laughs> where updating your iOS meant this phone's not gonna work anymore. Yeah. We're like, my my generation is hesitant to ever update the iOS. We will. It's you know when it happens for me. You were asleep, and they got you, and you feel violated. Yeah. You're like, how dare yeah. you? You wake up, and sleep. there's like a message on yeah. your phone. How it looks completely you? different. You're like, what? Yeah, how dare you I've do been this? Invaded. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what now? Do you update your iOS? Obviously, you do. Well, it's come, I'm just saying, <laughs> iOS day. 17 oh, comes out know. September 18. And yeah, I probably <laughs> will right away. Yeah. I probably will. September 18. So exciting. I'll hit that install. <laughs> you know what I use my iPhone for? Scrolling Instagram, looking for memes. I will never get TikTok. I will never bend the knee. I don't need another thing to waste my time. That's the thing. I know. I see my friends. I get it. I know TikTok's great. Cool. It's good for everybody else. Not judgy. It's just about me where I'm like, I'm already addicted to too many things. I don't need another time suck. Like, I don't need another thing where I look up and I go, wait, how long have I been on this thing? I already put the one hour thing on my iPhone for Instagram. And I hit it all the time. And every single time I hit it, I'm like, damn it. You don't just hit okay once it says, hey, you're over your time. Limit. No, like, I, okay. sh- I always shut it down. Really? Yeah, I try it to. It actually works for you. Well, dude, it's just, it's shameful. An yeah. hour of your day yeah. on Instagram. And I hit it, like I said, all the time. Because it's just like, I'll just open it up, like out of habit. Where yeah. I'll just be like doing yeah. something, I'll have a moment of boredom. And so I really try now to, when I'm feeling like a little bored, to just think about something for a second, rather than just like automatically go look at my phone. Yeah. It's not What's easy. It's not easy, but it's it's better than having TikTok where I could spend another hour of my day there on Instagram and then TikTok. No, I don't need it. Uh, but yeah, I'm using it for text calls still. I know I'm old. I use it for calling people. It's unbelievable. I call uh, people. Yeah. No, you don't. You've called me like three times. Uh, More than that. Although you're tough on the phone, so I get it. I'm you guys send voice notes? I do. I always send I'm voice big, notes. Big on those. Yeah, days. I always send voice notes. I'm What's your max guy. length of voice note that you want to get or that you give? Minute. Even a minute is, I'm like, whew, minutes, you know? marathon. Yeah. I used to have this one girl that would send me like straight up three, four minutes. And every time she would send it, I was like, I'm not listening to your podcast. <laughs> That's a whole song. It's so hard yeah. to keep up with the convo. No, at that it's just, point. It's, it's painful. It's like, it's what painful. did you say three minutes? Anybody, anybody that's doing the over a minute is jail. Yeah. yeah. That's moon jail immediately. Anyway, um, yeah, I try to keep them to 35 seconds, I think is pretty much the standard max. A minute is if you're like telling a story. And then you got to break it up. You got to go to the next voice note. Because sometimes you do tell a story and it can run a little long, especially mm-hmm. for someone like me. But you got to break up the voice notes in like little minute chunks. Yeah. Max. You have to tell them parts. Once you start, once you see that minute roll over, you're like, no, I got to get out of here. But yeah. yeah. And then text message, chat groups, like nudes. <laughs> it's like mm. things Babcock wouldn't like very much. Like, what do you, what else? Like, what else the coach is the phone for? I don't know. Armin's out there. He's with his terabytes. So he must be doing something out there. The 12 terabyte. terabytes is 12 terabytes is terrifying. I don't have 12 terabytes in my computer. Yeah, I know. And, and this, and he's a huge door and I'm a nerd. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have storage on that yeah. thing. Armin. I honestly don't even have that many apps. Like I, I got nothing. Really. That's, that's what I mean. This Starbucks pre-orders. Hey, it's not the apps that takes Armin's going to buy it and he's going to go, guys, 12 terabytes. And then he's got four apps on his phone. 
is Angry Birds. Yeah. He's like, here's a docs, picture of my dog. Here's a picture messages of my and Instagram. All right, can we move on to the alleged mummified alien corpses Mexico is showing? Did you guys see that on your timeline this morning? No, but we can't do that because we don't have photos of it. Yeah, yeah no. I haven't seen it either, They have a whole so. video. It's yeah, kind no. of insane. Send me the link. I'll look at it tonight. I haven't seen that yet. All right, let's wrap this up. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up if you want to bet at JD Bunkus on Twitter or Instagram. Follow, 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 and share the stuff for God's sakes. Really helps me out. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars, especially if you've made it this far. Come on, least you could do. <laughs> See you tomorrow.